Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? I'm doing pretty fantastic. Specifically, because I had a thought today and I was really excited to get to this uh, banter section of our podcast just to put this out there. I wonder, like, who's the first person that listens to this podcast every week? Have you ever thought about that? Hmm. And there's no comment section to put, like, first. Mm-hmm, right? But, like, there there just has to be at somewhere, whoever in, in the people who listen, there is somebody that completes it for the first time. And I'm, I was just genuinely wondering about them today. Yeah. So if you're the first person to listen to this episode in total, please reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Discord. We want to know. Uh-huh. That'd be really cool. And just to prove it, the password is Loki. You got to stay with Loki. <laughs> that <laughs> That's so funny. I remember when we first started this podcast, one of the things that I would do in the description is like it was almost that like in the show notes, I would put a little password like that for social media stuff, but nobody ever used it. So that'd mm-hmm. be funny if we finally get that to come back around. I know that would be right. Little, little, our own little hidden Easter eggs that nobody's found. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what about you? How have you been? Uh, we're going to do some time traveling. When mm-hmm. the first person listens to this, listens to this, summer school will be over. <laughs> nice. As of this recording, I have one day left. Yeah. So I'm really pumped about getting that done and enjoying my July. Uh, Black Widow's around the corner. Really excited about that. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's been on my mind and, and, and how I've been is just, you know, and, and this summer school, this, this summer has been, uh, compared to previous summers, not that previous summers has been bad, but this one's been kind of a breeze. So that's been really good. Mm -hmm. So will you be free from like July to August? Yes. That's really cool. man. I'm glad you're getting that break. Yeah. Like, I think we're supposed to check in on our emails (laughs) um but i typically i like the emphasis on supposed to (laughs) i typically stop checking emails around july 1 and don't start checking them again till august 1st this year will be a little bit different like i will check my email on tuesdays but i've already so like i check my email my work email on my laptop mainly but i've i've gotten to where i put my i download the app on my phone but i delete it during the summers and i've already deleted it so (laughs) (laughs) You're rocking like Nick Fury at the end of Far From Home I am. on the beach. <laughs> I, am. I am. Oh, I love it. Well, I've, I quit doing the work dress socks for summer, and I don't think I'm going to do them when I go back to school in the fall. <laughs> I'm doing my athletic compression socks because they're so much more comfortable. Right? It's like everybody says, like, they're never going to wear pants again. It's like, why did we do this to ourselves? I know, right? Comfy G, uh, sweatpants. Look, I probably won't wear shoes again until august like it'll be flip-flops the rest of the way out like it just i I mean i already just wear athletic shorts and t-shirts because it's most comfortable unless i absolutely have to wear something else Mm -hmm. i'm that person live your life man i love it i'm trying i'm trying (laughs) oh man well if you downloaded this episode, obviously you've seen the title. Uh, we are going to be discussing season one, episode three of Loki, which is titled Lamentus. Now, before we begin, we're going to do some pre-spoiler thoughts, uh, which is our general overview of the show without any spoilers. So if you haven't seen the episode yet, you're safe to listen to until we get to the spoiler zone, which you'll know once we play the audio cue. So before we begin, Jude, what are your pre-spoiler thoughts? Pre-spoiler thoughts. 
you know what? As I think about it, um, and it's funny, before recording, I didn't have any pre-spoiler thoughts. That was a struggle. Uh, but I got them now. <laughs> I love how it comes to you right at the moment that it's needed. That's I, great. I know. That's great podcasting right there. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> so thinking about my first and second watch, I this episode didn't go where I was expecting it to, mm-hmm. but it went to a place where it it was necessary. It needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I, even in the first watch, while it wasn't what I expected, I, uh, I appreciated it and I enjoyed the episode. But second, you know, but I had those thoughts of like, oh, I thought they were going to do this and wish, you know. But honestly, no, it was a really good, satisfying episode, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was needed. So I'm glad they did. I'm glad they went in the direction they did. You know. Yeah. So you pre spoilers for me. I, I really have like two different reactions because. Much like you, like I, I watched it multiple times. And then that first reaction, I was lukewarm about it. Uh, I think you you described it perfectly as like a necessary thing. Uh, this episode really felt like it was taking a step back to reset the pace because of how like out the gate those first two episodes came out swinging. And so it felt different. But by the time I got to my second watch uh, yesterday evening, when I was taking notes, I got to the to the final scene and it finally clicked for me. And I think there was something um, without getting into spoilers that it just made me appreciate the episode as a whole. And so I ended up liking it a lot more than I did on my initial watch. Um, I do think there's still some sh- fundamental problems with it. But overall, I think it's a really solid episode. Hmm. OK, I'm interested. Yeah. What did, I wonder what these problems are that you found i'm nervous the last time i talked about episodes having problems i'm still arguing about trucks anyway uh, speaking of trucks we had a really did you see the the response in the discord to tj uh-huh and the trucks yeah that was great like i was thinking about what tj said and yeah but <laughs> uh and, 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 and the yeah but was it was more of a like like i'm gonna accept the show you know it wasn't <laughs> a denial of the physics Right, yeah. Uh, I believe that was from Fashion Jimmy, by yes. the way. So thank you for reaching out. That was really cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And they complimented the show as well. So an extra thank you for uh, that feedback. It's really appreciated. And your comment did get to TJ. I make sure TJ got it. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for our pre-spoiler thought. So let's go ahead and jump into the spoiler zone. So we're going to play an audio cue. And on the other side, it will be fair game for everything in the MCU up until this point. So, we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. All right, so, uh, most important topics. First topic we're going to talk about today is simply entitled Sylvie. So, we are much more familiar with the character that was introduced at the end of episode two. Uh, We understand that she goes by the name of Sylvie. So, we wanted to take some time to really highlight this character and speak about their introduction. So, Jude, Mm -hmm. do you have any... Where to start? I'm so confused as to who this person is. Mm-hmm. I, in my head, like we were calling her Lady Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, not in my head, like in, in the last week's episode, we were calling her Lady Loki in the in the pod. I knew Sylvie was the name because I was made aware of the mistake in the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear about that? I didn't catch that. Okay. So, in, you know how they, they run the credits for all the different language dubs? Uh-huh. In one of the countries... They put Sylvie oh. instead of uh, like the variant or whatever. So, so like I knew that going in. Actually, I I knew that before the pod. So in that sense, I was like, okay, so this is not Lady Loki. My thought is this is the Enchantress. 
And they kept using the word enchanted, enchanted. Uh-huh. But then the conversations they had, it was like, no, she's Loki. Just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I, I, I don't know if I know who this person is, mm-hmm. which to me, it was weird because that was what I was talking about, the necessariness of this episode of we need to get to know who this person is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. You know, going out on that limb with you, I think... Uh... Part of what made my first viewing of this episode so lukewarm is it precisely what you're talking about. So much of this episode, and we're not there yet, but just the the, the core mechanic of this episode was the inspection of these two characters by their contrast. Like we learned so much about them based on how they reacted to each other. But I don't think the show understood that we needed to know a little bit more about Sylvie and less about Loki, because we know our Loki. That we, We've been familiar with it through the movies, the first two episodes. We've got a grasp on him, but there was something to the closed nature of Sylvie right, that right. It, it fit with the character because, you know, I can get to some of the positives. It fit with the character because through the small interactions, we've learned that this is a very independent character. Mm-hmm. They are very direct yeah. and resourceful and patient, you know, Patient. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we learned all those little things, but it would have been nice to get a little bit more motivation, I guess, or more backstory as to yeah. who they are specifically, well, because everything else has been hints at like, you know, Loki called her a variant and she's like, no, you know, I'm not a variant. I wouldn't want to be called Loki. And he goes, well, what should I call you? She says Sylvie and she calls it an alias. Right. So just little stuff like that. I just wish there would have been more. OK, so so on that. Because it's not who I am anymore. So that led mm-hmm. me to believe you were a Loki. I'm Sylvie now. Yep. It's called an alias. So then I was like, okay, is she running from something? Is she hiding from someone? I feel like we get to know Sylvie, though, as you were saying, like through like through her actions, through her questions, you know, but, mm-hmm. but they're really making us work for it and dig for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if she can be trusted yet. That's 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 where my conflict is. Mm-hmm. Like the question she's asking of like Loki and the thing she said of how long it took to, to for the plan to come together. You know, that's why I said patient. All of those types of things is like, okay, you can start piecing it together. But it, it's it's kind of like one of the things we talked about uh, in our Daredevils re- episodes, right? This whole, the, the balance of, of like holding our hand through something, us and, uh, through something and showing us versus like, hey, we're smart enough to figure it out. It's, yeah. it's like... It, I felt like I wanted them to hold my hand and, and just outright tell me and they weren't doing that. and They were making me work for mm-hmm. it, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. No. You know, I, I'm glad you brought up um, patient again, because I, I remember the word that I was trying to conjure up. It's disciplined. Mm-hmm. And you said it specifically because she tells Loki the plan you just interrupted was years in the making. That's a level of discipline to you know because we have other hints of her being constantly on the run from the tva Mm -hmm. she has such a guided focus which feels like a a great distinguisher from loki who up until this point we have seen him very uh look look at last episode when he went to pompeii nothing matters dance while you still can like he has like he doesn't care anymore and so it, we're we're learning in contrast rather than more of the handholding way, I think, which would have helped this episode a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I don't I mean, OK, I have two thoughts now off of what you said. It would help the episode. I don't think that that hurt the episode. You know, I I as I think about it, I don't mind having to dig and keeping this character a little mysterious mm-hmm. uh, at, at this point. You know, um, if we're going 
I don't know. I want to say if we're going to the finale, that might be a problem. If I if you if you don't have a clear, I don't say clear picture, but if you don't have a picture, but but at this point, I we're Loki, right? We want to know who this is, and we're with Loki trying to figure out this information, and she's still guarded. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to add to your discipline, though, like the hedonistic line, where he's like, "I'm hedonistic," and she's like. So am I. I'm more hedonistic than anybody, but the mission comes first. Like mm-hmm. the ability to, well, I mean, the the uh, the idea of putting the mission first isn't actually could still go in line with a hedonistic view. But anyways, that's uh, <laughs> well. But anyway, anyways, it it is though. Like this, the the context in which the episode was using it. Mm-hmm. you know, does enforce and show that level of discipline. Mm-hmm. I'll have more to say about the hurting the episode uh, when we get to the next important topic, but there's still things that I, I want to talk about with Sylvie uh, before we move on. So I'm going to put a pin in that and I'll come back to it later. Okay. I, I want to talk about the opening scene that we got uh, because uh, I, I think the beauty of it is that it works. You know, I noticed I've been doing this a lot this season so far where I say like it works on two levels. So, Stick with me through this one. Uh, having that scene where Sylvie is interrogating the TVA agent and it's set in seemingly like a present day uh, restaurant where they're drinking margaritas and everything feels familiar. Mm-hmm. It's telling its story both visually and through actions about, and spoilers for later in the episode, this idea that the TVA agents had a life before the TVA. Right. And because it's at the beginning of the episode, you know, there's so many jumping off points. It's like, oh, is this Sylvie's life too? Is this something we're learning about? But we see the actions play out and we realize that Sylvie is manipulating this person to get the information they want. So it's such a great way to quickly teach us on a visual level about what Sylvie is and their powers. And because of that, you know, quick cut from one setting in a restaurant to another, it's so disorienting. And I I really, really enjoyed that. You know, okay, so the disorienting part for me, my nose was I recognize this actress, but I'm not sure who she is. Like I didn't play Sylvie? No, no, not Sylvie. C twenty. I didn't place that it was C twenty. And then when it shifted to like all of a sudden it was at night, I, I typed, what just happened? Like that it didn't make sense to me. <laughs> because in my head I'm like, oh, we're getting Sylvie's backstory. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're getting, you know, and her first question of like uh, guarding the timekeepers, because I didn't recognize that it was C twenty my thought was like they're planning a heist or something. Like, you know what I mean? We're watching the backstory of this planning of the heist. And then I was like, oh, this is how she gets the information. Like, I didn't put that together until they cut into back into the apocalypse of the Category 8 hurricane. Um, <laughs> now, I, I did find it interesting that, you know, it was like, okay, C20, that's why I recognized her. But it, I did find it interesting. It was like she didn't get what she wanted, and then she like, reset or restarted the memory mm-hmm. you know and and so i'm curious to see especially from the details we learned later about what she was saying about people's memories with enchanting i'm i'm curious to see if it was kind of like almost the barf situation like she's putting herself in a memory mm-hmm. like inserting herself in a memory to try to make it more real or is it mm-hmm. just you like margaritas and i'm gonna recreate this and that's why she didn't recognize ever being there before Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm curious as to which way that goes. Mm-hmm. And and hopefully, I'm, they open the episode with that, so I'll be shocked if we don't see something like that again. Well, it's it's 
and again, going back to Daredevils, it's the way you talk about how they educate you so that they can bring it up later. Because mm-hmm. I know, not getting too too into it, I, I've seen some theories floating around like that the potential for this episode opening up on showing us her ability to do that and then maybe the episode itself being that being done to Loki, but oh, I won't where's go down the that rabbit hole just yet. Huh. Where's the temp pad? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Well, uh, that doesn't work. <laughs> well, well, and and only because because it's like this very inception of them. Mm-hmm. If, if that's what they're doing, only because the temp pad broke, so it can't be for the temp yeah. pad. It has to be for something else. Mm-hmm. That's one of those ones that I file under. Oh, that's a fun theory to read, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to bat for it. You know, another thing that I wanted to talk about is. Whenever I think we get back after the the opening credits, we see that Sylvie has infiltrated the TVA. And one of the things that she tries to do is use that enchanting power on one of the TVA agents. And clearly it doesn't work. Um, Again, you mentioned we get some education on later about, you know, for weak minds, it's easier for a little bit stronger. It's harder. Something I found fascinating about that interaction is I'm not entirely sure how I'm supposed to read why it didn't work, whether it's because the TVA agent had a strong mind, so she didn't have the time to create a connection, or if it's because magic doesn't work in the TVA. But if the answer is the second, it's really interesting to me that you still get the green color power cue mm-hmm. of her using the magic in the TVA when Loki didn't in the courtroom didn't have that. So I just I'm I'm going to at least highlight that so we can keep that in the discussion uh, if it ever comes back into play for the season. Mm. Yeah. So like when you tried to bring out the knives or the daggers, you would have expected like the well, okay. I'm I don't know. Maybe it was just comedic reasoning of like Mm -hmm. what would come across better and funnier of him just doing the motion and nothing happening Mm -hmm. or like a little puff of green smoke. You know, mm-hmm. and and that could just be a choice of what was best comedic effect in that moment. Right. You, you know, it, I mean, it, there could be another reason, but that's a very valid reason not to do that right there in that moment. But you're right. Like she went to do that and it kind of fizzled out in the TVA. Although if you're talking about when she had C20, she wasn't at the TVA. No, 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 no. It was definitely in the TVA because it was a... Um... It was a male uh, Minuteman. Oh, that okay. She tried okay. That on. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, right. no, no, no. And it didn't. It didn't work. I. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, I misunderstood you. I thought you meant when she had C twenty. Oh no, no, no enchanted. No. Yeah. Well, because like I do think that it didn't work. Because my note actually was. Let me scroll to find it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I put LL at this point, Lady Loki, because uh, I wasn't sure yet. What to call her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Loki goes to the TVA and finds out that her magic doesn't work. And she's quite capable without it. <laughs> so <laughs> so let me read what I put. Uh, it's interesting that Sylvie's enchantment didn't work at the TVA agent inside. Could be the magic isn't allowed, but curious is why the green still showed up. Second point. Regardless, she can fight. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad we both had the same thought. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, think, I think it was just a cue to let us know mm-hmm. that is kind of like that visual language. This is what happened and this is why it didn't work. Because otherwise without that, like you get you get the Loki you get the Loki moment, right? And you know mm-hmm. what he's trying to do. Yeah. And if you visually she touches the agent on the arm and nothing happens without that, I don't know if it's as clear to the viewer of like what just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good that's a good read on it on why that is um 
I never thought about it from the communicating of the just touching doesn't really say anything. It's just weird. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, oh, by the way, 23 minutes ago. Yeah. Shang-Chi trailer came out. Oh, we may or may not have some bonus content. I <laughs> know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> Depending on if it happens or not, you'll hear it in this episode. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It'll be cut out. All right. Well, we can go ahead and move into the next important topic, which we've entitled Loki versus Loki. Now, this will deal with everything of basically Sylvie and Loki constantly at each other's necks throughout this episode and the way that the show used that mechanic to learn about them. So uh, starting with me this time, I, I do love that they have this mechanic of pitting the variants against each other. You know, we've talked about how it did great work of illustrating these characters through contrast. Um, I did mention that I think the episode would have been better if we would have got a little bit more focus on Sylvie. Uh, and I said we could put a pin on it. Uh, I was saving it for this section. And I think the thing that uh, I can sum up that feeling I'm having best is this episode at its core is that classic. We can't get along. We have a problem. We have to solve our differences to fix this problem. Now, because of this episode being on a cliffhanger, I think there's this feeling for me that there's this it's frustrating that we just see them constantly bickering. And because the problem doesn't get solved, it left it feeling a little bit unresolved, mm -hmm. which is fine. Serialized show will probably get some resolutions and some answers next episode. But because we didn't get that extra information about Sylvie, that's where I felt a little bit more frustrating at the beginning um than with my subsequent viewings okay so if that makes sense. It, it does let me ask you that what extra information were you hoping to get an idea of where sylvie's coming from okay. what how how different her world is how she's been on the run from the tva how is she familiar with what the tva is without being reset just little things like that and and i totally see your point too that it's fine like some things can be shrouded in mystery mm -hmm. i think it's just what am I feeling? I think it's just like it, the resolution because it's a cliffhanger. I just think it needed a little bit more. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Um, mm -hmm. It's weird. I said earlier that like we are Loki in this episode trying because because at this point, this is the third episode we've spent with Loki. Depending on how you want to slice it, we've spent a number of movies with Loki or just a short time with Loki. Like because this isn't mm -hmm. the Loki that died on in, in Infinity War. Right. So, mm -hmm. so we know more about this Loki than we do Sylvie. Loki's trying to get to know her. We're with Loki trying to get to know her. And we didn't get much. Even Loki himself said, I don't know a lot about you. Mm -hmm. So, so in that sense, yeah, I get it where it's, but if we're kind of seeing the episode through Loki's eyes, it makes sense that we're unsatisfied, that you'd be unsatisfied. He wasn't satisfied mm -hmm. with the answers. Yeah, that's a really good point as well. I mean, we even talked about it, or I should say I talked about it. So much of what was so smart about those first two episodes is that they paired uh, the skepticism of Loki and the audience as an easy onboard ramp. So, you know, I see your point there. That's very true. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I do like, I, I how do I want to say this? I do like that this episode was essentially, I keep calling it one long conversation. I have this note that says the scene has been one long conversation. Super clever. Like, I, I liked it. Uh, landed on Lamentus 1. Now we're on the train. Like, because they kept 
it was like the it was like the West Wing walk and talk because they kept moving, <laughs> you, you know, um, and having that conversation. But it was sprinkled in with action and sprinkled in with movement of, OK, let's get here. And we're talking between getting point A to point B, now from point B to point C, and as objective changes, you were able to like have a well-paced episode. But it was mainly dialogue-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so that, I, I really enjoyed it. It felt quick. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do want to say, I know I, I talked about it being a little bit frustrating, uh, this, this feeling of almost childishness between them two as they just constantly are threatening each other and not getting along. Mm-hmm. I do like that this show was smart enough to have Loki called out when he was basically like, okay, so are we just going to fight to the death? I think it was like their third little tussle in one of the warehouses before they have their plan to recharge the tin pad. Yeah. And I, I like that they put a stop to it there because it was this slow pathway towards like, okay, we're obviously going to have to try something different because this is not going to work and we're all going to end up dead unless we work together. Right. Yeah. So Well, and they're both, well, it's interesting. Okay. So, Loki is very self-serving and it's mm-hmm. in his best interest right now not to fight. And we kind of said, you know, in, in the last episode that Sylvie doesn't, isn't self-interested, you know, like mm-hmm. clearly she has this plan. And, and so in that sense, it's in her best interest not to fight, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to get this. But at the same time, they were still kind of devious with each other. Right. He's like, Hey, could you charge this here? She goes, yeah. And goes running up. <laughs> And he's like, I don't think so, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and so they still got at each other in little ways, you know, without mm-hmm. having to make it a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and it's it's this feeling of the either or thinking they have the upper hand because Loki thinks he's so clever, you know, with his what did he call it? Tech savvy suggestions. And then Sylvie thinks she's so clever on getting the tint pad and they both call each other out in that moment. And I, I love the way she was like finger like air quoting of like well don't give me your tech savvy questions then uh-huh. so it, th- th- those little moments were fun yeah i want to say i you know we, we're talking a lot about the contrast of these characters there's something that i enjoyed a lot that helps me understand this loki's character a lot more um and it's going to involve a little bit of speculative uh you know thoughts on my part but there's this glimpse of these two characters i think where my general feeling for Sylvie, and this is the speculative part, is that she comes from a different world. Uh, we talked about it, you know, that she is fighting for her own universe, trying to restore that ver- that variety to, you know, the multiverse. And I think that's where her purpose is driven from. Mm-hmm. And the thing that made, made me appreciate our Loki is that he constantly views other variants of himself from such a self-centric point of view, you know. I'd never do that. I'd never treat right. me this way. Like all these things of viewing the variants as just different versions of himself. But I think part of that character arc will be realizing that the TVA shouldn't get to choose. And the way it'll be represented is realizing that these variants, these variances aren't deviances from within, but a spectrum of possibilities of what could be. And I just, I, I like that I was able to glean that from the, bickering yeah me too you know I, I came down hard on the bickering but i'm starting to grow appreciation for it yeah me too <laughs> well because I, well, I had a conversation today with uh tj and mm-hmm. and you know physics teacher theology teacher and, and we were kind of talking about these things and i was just like the term variant works for the show mm-hmm. but in reality and even for theirs like when you start throwing around the term variant that implies there is the or a loki mm-hmm. And every single one is some variation on that set one. 
right? And so we got to prune it. Whereas, like, if we're dealing with the multiverse, they're not variants. It's mm-hmm. not this is the one Loki and everything else is a variant of Loki. They're all mm-hmm. Loki. They're all different versions mm-hmm. of Loki, but it's not a variant of Loki. Does that, if, if that makes sense? A hundred percent makes yeah, sense. And, yeah. And so, and so I like that you got that out of that bickering and, and you have to use variant. Like I get it for the, for the logic and stuff of the show and all that. But it was just, as I was thinking through it, I was just like, Hey, on top of that, you know, it's interesting because neither one of them, Sylvie seemed more accepting of like, okay, you're a Loki and I'm a Loki. It, I, I have a note that says, who the hell is she? I, I go back and forth on that. <laughs> she enchantress or she Loki, you know, a, a version of Loki here. If I'm assuming she's another version of Loki, she's not making the, lo- the, the assumption of our Loki that I'm the Loki and all of you are variants. She's more, mm-hmm. it seems more accepting of, we're all versions of Loki. She has a grander idea of the scope. Yeah, except she might be the Enchantress yeah. and not Loki at all. I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, they're probably taking the Lady Loki from the comic and the Enchantress and combining mm-hmm. those characters somehow. Mm-hmm. That's what I think they might be doing. We'll see. They just kept going back. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to enchant me? The enchant, like, they kept using that word. I do want to point out, um, again, and on the topic of... of the contrasting nature of these characters. I love the moment where we get a glimpse at Loki's personal view of himself because Sylvie asks, you know, well, what makes a Loki? And Loki's like independence, authority, style. And it's just like, it's, it's so funny to get this meta level approach of who he thinks he is. And uh, that moment made me laugh a lot. Oh yeah. Especially because of the way she's just constantly like rolling her eyes or like, okay, whatever. Yeah. So I don't think, as, I, as I'm thinking through, I don't think we ever got an answer from Sylvie on the love conversation. No, we have not. Okay, so that's still up in the air. We have love, mm-hmm. love is hate. We have love is mischief as the god of mischief. I'm sure Loki loved that. Um, <laughs> Which, if that's the case, we got to give him props because he said, no, it's not that either. I'm going to need a drink to figure this out. Yeah. He set aside his own selfish worldview for that. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it was telling. Loki couldn't answer it, but Sylvie never gave an answer either. I enjoyed the dagger metaphor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like also where they came to the end of like, okay, that was silly. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I do enjoy it. But there's also a small part of me is like, this is very high school poetry-ish. Like that, like the the way that he was describing it, I was like, okay, I get what you're going for. But I was like, oh man, pull it back just a bit. Yeah, I'm the bread. <laughs> you are the bread and the knife. I'm the goblet and the wine. You are certainly not the summer breeze. You'd be happy to know that I am the boat asleep in its boathouse. And I'm butchering this poem. My wife would kill me. I have no idea what it is. So I think we, uh, two graves here. The the poem's called Litany by Billy Collins. And it's a love Uh, poem making fun of love poetry. Um, I, I just showed it to my class the other day when we were talking about love and cause that's the topic we were talking about. So yeah. Uh, so I had that on the mind. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send you a clip that Perfect. you might watch. We'll see. I'll definitely, I'll de- Hey, update. I listened to the Mark Kermode podcast today. Ooh. It was today. It was literally the last minute, but I did it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You see what I'm saying? It was really see good. what I'm saying? Where I said like, Hey, this is a ghost story. Yeah. Like, like that's why that thought when he's like, you're me. And, and, and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it it hits, and I love the way that podcast is really good. I should listen to it more, but I just my attention's all over the place. I'll be honest, that podcast I do pick and choose my episodes. 
Yeah, that might be what's hard for me to stick with it is that I don't always find interest in what they're talking about. But whenever I do, it's like, whoa, like they're really good. And and, and the point, I guess, that I was going to circle back to, to to quickly reiterate is I like how they both because uh, Kermode was talking about how he loves ghost stories. Uh, Jack, I believe, is the other co-host. He was talking about how he likes timey wimey shows. Yeah. And they were. They were kind of sidestepping, but not really talking about how Loki is a combination of those two. But I think it, it it represents what I love about storytelling overall is that, you know, you have your story and then you have what happens. And the story is the mechanic of the deeper meaning and what happened is the action and the fun stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a really cool conversation. And I guess this is my plus one to your recommendation last week that you should listen to it. It's good. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. All right, well, getting us back on track, uh, talking about Loki, uh, we can go ahead and move into the next important topic, which is simply titled Same Difference. So everything in this section will be about them slowly paving that road towards understanding each other. Um, You know, specifically, I think the place we can start is in the train scene where they are bonding over the respect of each other's magic. So, Jude, uh, is there anywhere you'd like to highlight so here's one of the scenes where I was mentioning about having where they they wanted us to dig a little bit and we got to know from her questions because mm-hmm. her questions were about Frigga, Loki's mom. Yeah. And Loki would ask back and from her acting and responses, you got a little bit of information like mm-hmm. and again, some questionable stuff, meaning like, oh, I was a. I was adopted. And he's like, oh, they told you? She's like, they didn't tell you? Mm-hmm. Well, right there, I don't know if she's messing with Loki or just seeing different choices uh, of the parents. It wasn't clear, I think, on Loki's assumption. Loki's working the, on the whole you're me idea. So mm-hmm. Loki, the way it came across, Loki, I think, assumed she was adopted. And she just played into it. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like, I don't know, do we believe her or do we not? If I am to believe her as having honest responses there, then we'd learned a lot about her through her acting and stuff. I'm glad you brought this up first because I can read my my note. Love that Frigga continues to be the grounding emotional force for Loki, a universal constant, if you will. And so because of that, because I, I mean, we talked about it and what to expect. Like I, I've been hoping for this Frigga connection to the storyline from the beginning. It really seems like it's happening. I am going to take it as she is being honest um, because I really, really love that idea of that's their common ground Mm -hmm. because uh, I don't know if you would consider it double dipping, but look in in game with Thor like Frigga was completely aware of what was going on because she's like a mother always knows like she knows what he's been through and what he's doing. I love that throughout any of that. She can permeate it and still have that love and counseling for them. Right. And in this outside of the timeline shenanigans that uh, Loki and Sylvia are going through, it would be really emotional if that continues to be the force that Frigga has, you know, continued on. So I I really, really want that to be true. Well, plus, and go ahead. I just want to say, and to, to echo what you're saying, I love the hints at a past of Sylvie losing her Frigga uh, Mm -hmm. at an early age and never really getting to know her, but it's still that important to her. Right. Well, and, and we can go one or two ways. I can still, we can go down the track of like, okay, do we believe her? Or, you know, maybe we don't. But if we do believe her and her motivation is revenge rather than power, 
maybe this is part of that loss of mom, mm-hmm. you know, Frigga here. Uh, and also I do like the majority of the MCU is about dads and daddy issues. Yeah. And so having the, it, it's, it's good to see and interesting to see the shift here to moms. Yeah. Especially as much work that hit, that's been put into the connection Frigga has with her son. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I think we're on this idea of the authenticity of Sylvie's reactions and whether or not we can believe them. I want to circle back to something you were saying earlier. And you mentioned that we haven't gotten an answer from Sylvie on the what is love question. Um we, ha- we talked about the metaphor that Loki uses about the dagger. He's talking about how, you know, it can be used as a weapon from afar or up close. You see yourself in it, all that. And it leads to the moment where he says, but when you reach for it, it's not real. Mm-hmm. So there's two things that I want to say. One, it's incredibly sad that the story for Loki is this loss of trust. Right. Like, if that is his idea of love, he has not had a real sense of any sort of connection of that feeling of love. And that's sad with Sylvie. I know we haven't technically got her answer yet, but the quickness at which she was able to say is not real Mm -hmm. makes me feel like even though she was saying like, Oh, that's a dumb metaphor. I think she does feel that. And so I I don't know. Maybe it is me projecting and and hoping that this is true because I do love these scenes so much. I think this is the most honest we've seen Sylvie be because it's still within that. I'm this disciplined character. I have this goal that I have in mind to get, um, as we've been assuming, revenge. I don't think she wants to let that guard down. But this moment where she's bonding with Loki, I think we are getting glimpses of to who she is on a more deeper level. Yeah. You know what? I hope so. Like with three episodes left, and I hate to put it in this context, my idea of not being able to trust her, I don't think holds weight. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think you're right. I think it has to, because this is where they're connecting, you know, because without this moment, you don't get the, do you trust me moment when they're trying to make a run for the arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's almost kind of like that same feeling we had in uh, WandaVision when we were getting towards the end where like you don't introduce a third entity in the finale like it almost has to play within the context of what they've established so far Mm -hmm. this feels like the established context that we will play with throughout the remaining three episodes so i know you said you don't like to look at it that way because i guess it is (laughs) to borrow dnd meta gaming if you will but uh i think it is it's it's, it feels like a safe assumption on my part well it's complete meta gaming like uh, well, what, <laughs> well, it is like when I was talking to Fran Daniel, you know, on the phone the other day, was it yesterday, two days ago? I don't remember. The other day we were on the phone and talking about Mobius. We we're talking about TJ's ideas on Mobius and my Mobius is the villain thing just doesn't hold weight. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I admit that. But I mean, part of me saying that was like, okay, you don't get Owen Wilson to be a supporting character. You know what I mean? Like you, like you don't pay him to like just do that. He has some kind of important role to play beyond just hey, I'm your, I'm your Virgil, I'm your guide through this. It, so, so in in that way, that that's where that thought came from. And so that's not to say that I like, I don't think he's he's gonna have an important role, you know. But that's why it's 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 like oh, he must be a villain because he's up front. We're getting to know him. You know, and so and so that was where that thought came from. Uh, 
And so mm-hmm. that's why it's like, well, it's not unfair to do the kind of the meta. And that's the thing about these Disney Plus shows. That to to do a little tease, we're going to have a topic episode coming out after sometime after Loki where we talk about the three Disney Plus shows and kind of, you know, what can they learn from the from these uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And as an audience member, I'll just say right now, like watching, that's one of the things I'm kind of learning is I got to get my head out of that space and do that meta kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that's what I'm going to go back to WandaVision. I think that's what put a lot of people that disappointing feeling is you were doing kind of that meta viewing and looking for these Easter eggs and looking for these things and all these connections and didn't just enjoy what was presented. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Uh, don't know what love is yet, according to, you know, <laughs> Sylvie. Um, I would love to see him do a little Night of the Roxbury reference and kind of bob the head. What is love? But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get that in lieu of wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, it, it feels like we're coming up close to transition into the next topic. But I do want to say at least this before we move on. Um, again, what is love? They specifically talked about whether or not they had a significant other in their lives. And they both come to this realization that neither one of them had anything, again, real. They both use that word real. And I like that, you know, we've seen Loki's glorious purpose be dismantled. We were watching a character who basically realizes nothing matters. And it, it, and I think we can point back to the scene in last episode where he's like, nothing's matter. Dance while you can. All that jazz. But with Sylvie, because, man, we just had this conversation about like how variant is not the right word because it's a spectrum of possibility. But staying within this idea that the show's presented so far, that these are the same characters with, you know, variants, um, I like that you can read for Sylvie just as much as you can with Loki that they've both had such a singular focus on a purpose. Mm hmm. Sylvie specifically being potentially this revenge, this saving her universe, whatever it is, that neither one of them have had that um, relationship in their life. Something something more than just the the straightforward goal that they had. And I don't know, it, 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 it I don't want to reduce love to a jet ski, but if Mobius gets to do it last episode, it's it, we're seeing what's been missing and what they're fighting for. Yeah. Well, so that's my answer. Love is a jet ski. Love is a jet ski. <laughs> Or form and function. Meet. Um, you know what? It, I mean, it makes sense that the love they've experienced isn't real. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. They've never had time for it. They never. Oh, it no, was no, never... no, 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 no. Loki is self-interested. There's no way any love that he's experienced could be real when he's only self-interested. It has to be about the other mm-hmm. person. It's it's what Sam said to, to Bucky when he said, you want to make amends, you go be of service. You know, love mm-hmm. is putting the other person first and being of service. And they both admitted how hedonistic they are. So if, you know, if you are Loki and completely self-absorbed and you're Sylvie and just this, I'm assuming motivation of revenge because she spent years uh, planning this. So something happened to her. And so so maybe she experienced some kind of loss. Maybe it was Frigga, her Frigga. But without being able to put someone else first ultimately yeah any of their experience of love is never going to feel real it's going to feel empty and hollow Mm because that's that's what it is it's about the choice of saying it's my life is no longer about me it's about the other 
Mm-hmm. And and if you can't and if they can't do that, then then yeah, it's been empty and and hollow and not real. So got to be careful here because I don't want to push back because you're completely right. Loki, our Loki is a very self-interested person, but I do want to recall in Thor, the first one, how devastating it was to him that he found out that he was adopted and it, it right or wrong, that was his everything clicking in a moment of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is why I'm different. This is why you treat me this way and how I'll never be on the throne I don't like I I know there is very self-absorbed behavior leading up to that point, but I think it reinforced this wrong worldview he had, which I think propels him to do all the and again, being careful because I don't want to justify it because I mean, he's straight up murdering people right. in the first Avengers. But it's like that that wrong realization of like the love was never real to him. Like that's what I, I'm meaning by he never had time because he was so blinded by it and he was focused on trying to, mm-hmm. you know right this wrong that was perceived wrong yeah no and that, that, makes, that sense. makes sense mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. so it's just sad i feel I, for, I can't remember if tj mentioned it in the episode or in the, the pre-recording stuff but like how like these episodes are just dealing with very depressing stuff like uh not the episodes though, that, the Disney that was Plus the, that was the pre-spoiler thoughts yeah it's like <laughs> hey let's just dive into the deep end of race grief and What's the meaning of life? Self-existent, like existential yeah. crisis. <laughs> well, you know what? And it's funny, like I'm, I'm putting thoughts together. Um, you know, our good friend Tara on, there was an idea, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, you know, on, on her last episode mentioned our talk about predestination and free will. And it, like episode one dealt with that. The next one was like the meaning of life. This one is, is, what is love? And so mm-hmm. it's they're trading in a lot of big ideas, but they haven't really given what the show thinks it is mm-hmm. or an answer. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not good or bad it, right at this point. It just is. But until I see the other three episodes, I, it's hard to like like continue down with these big ideas and to think about some of those things. Until I see the completion of the show, you know, uh, to put it in context, again, the, the YouTube channel I really love just right. And I mentioned this before with the four corner opposition and Batman Begins. And I remember friend Daniel was looking for trying to find that four corner opposition in in relation to power with um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Brother Daniel, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to bag on the Snyderverse. I'm just relaying what the YouTube video said. Yeah, <laughs> but it contrasted Batman versus Superman to Batman Begins and the use of that four corner opposition and how whether you agree with it or not, Nolan tackled big ideas in Batman dealing with fear and then gave you like his answer in the end of mm-hmm. what it is and how to deal with it. Whereas Snyder and Batman versus Superman wanted to tr- and I'm going to quote the YouTube channel now wanted to trade in big ideas, but didn't leave with, with an answer. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know yet without watching these other three episodes necessarily of like, because we haven't really turned back to the free will predestination thing. And Mm -hmm. we kind of went away from the meaning of life. What does it all mean that Mobius and Loki talked, talked about to this episode? What is love was the big conversation and the big idea. Mm -hmm. And as we said, we didn't really get an answer yet. Um, 
and and that answer doesn't even have to be satisfying to us or to me, but I'm not sure where the show, what the show thinks it is. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping by the end, whether I agree with it or not, the show tells us what that answer is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think we talked like it's if you're going to invoke something, you just you have to put forward your own idea, I think. Otherwise, it's just talking about nonsense. Um, yeah. I was I'm trying to remember because we 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 talked about it in Daredevil and I can't remember exactly what context we brought it up. But yeah, but no. Uh, and, and, and for context, uh, the four corner opposition, um, it, it's it's basically four different approaches to an idea. Uh, like fear or grief or whatever. Yeah, it's it's um so in to oh, you, oversimplification. Yeah, of to it. use Batman Begins, the main theme is fear. You had four characters: Batman, Bruce Wayne, Falcone, Scarecrow, and Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. All dealt with fear, but all had different ideas of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one used it for control of like mobster style control. And used it against other citizens. One used it against inmate, prisoner, scarecrow. One used it against citizens. One had like altruistic means. One didn't. Batman used fear against criminals. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so and so it's it's having four characters that have the same idea, but different motivations for having that idea, different uses or beliefs about that idea, and in the end which one of those ideas comes out on top, you know, and that one was Batman. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying I'm just, I'm just, it's hard to go. Like, that's one of the things this episode left me with. It's like, okay, so now we're dealing with what is love. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we, we talked about before we recorded it's, it's hard because it is dealing in such grand scopes of ideas, meaning of life, existence, uh, the, predestination and love like you you can't have a fully formed idea until it's all out right right Mm -hmm. it really feels like we're about to transition into the next most important topic but before we do i just want to highlight real quick that i really appreciated apart from frigga being a universal constant for them the thing that started to pave that road of their connection was the appreciation for each other's magic um specifically loki was able to do the conjuring of the fireworks or stuff like that and and sylvie i think even admits at some point that loki is a very skilled magician so any any attempt that she had to take the temp pad would have been futile because he's great at it and then in reverse with sylvie loki has a deep appreciation that she's basically self-taught so i thought that was really nice yeah it was he was really impressed you know Mm -hmm. I liked his little firework trick, but he was really impressed with the self-taught. <laughs> I like. I can see where you land by calling it the little firework trick. <laughs> what? What? It was. It was. It was a little firework trick. I was just, it a little reductive. It's pretty cool. It was. <laughs> I, look, it was cool. We've seen Loki do some pretty cool things though. Especially by the time we get to the end of the episode. Right? Like, we've seen him do some pretty cool things. Enough that it's like, hey, that's a little firework trick. You know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, th- that was impressive, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know. Well, and also, maybe it goes to show a little bit. Like she said, hey, I I didn't really, I barely remember mom. Was she kind of more independent? Had to learn on her own? Where Loki was maybe a little bit more babied? Mm-hmm. Kind of handheld and taught? So, I don't know, a little extra to the character. Yeah. 
Well, that'll do it for the same difference section. So we're going to go ahead and move into the last important topic, which is simply stranded. This will deal with everything from the moment that the Tim pad breaks to the final sequences of this episode. And yeah, I'm going to start with me this time. Um, and and I think here's where I can reveal uh, what I was talking about in the pre-spoiler thoughts about the episode finally clicking for me. And it, it really starts to manifest itself in the train scene where, you know, Loki is... Uh, dancing and then drunk and he once again reiterates nothing matters that whole part propels us to the end but because we're back to the bickering again there is this small change that happens where after sylvie realizes that the tim pad's broken and their chances of getting off this planet are basically gone they had that moment where she just lets out a scream and it's she has the power she shakes the ground a little bit and she goes and sits off on a rock by herself Loki's actually taken back by that. And the thing that I read in that is that even though he hasn't expressed that frustration, I think that frustration is really familiar to him. And that feeling, I think, is futility. And it's it's this appreciation that I started to get for this episode about watching two characters approaches to something being futile, um, you know, essentially Loki losing purpose with the TVA, uh, Sylvie, whatever her hinted at backstory is. Um, and then ultimately, it, it feels weird to have it be examined on a small scale because the world is literally ending. But in compared to the TVA, a planet crashing is a small scale. But you see them both fight against this realization that the planet is going to crash and they have nothing they can do about it. And there's the switch. Um you know, Sylvie, who has been so direct and so guided this entire episode on her purpose, loses the Tim pad and is ready to kind of give up on that rock. And Loki, who up until this point has been very like, nothing matters. Who cares? You know, yada, blah, 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 blah. He is the one to counsel her towards. Let's try this one last thing to get off this planet. And so I just I appreciated yeah. that switch there. Yeah. At the Loki, end. the optimist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I So, yeah, that that's where it's, it finally clicked for me, because even though we don't get a lot of. Uh, Sylvie backstory it's 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 powerful that they were able to Mm -hmm. do that yeah I found it very interesting that she let her guard down she fell asleep like what Mm -hmm. got us there was Loki drinking you know and yeah in order for that to happen she she nodded off and she was already super paranoid right like I don't want to you know I want to want to sit with my back to the door I'm not going to sleep because I can't trust you those types of things and I'm really curious to what he's saying to her because um, I had the subtitles on. It didn't have words. Right. And th- there was a moment or a connection there. And so it had to be some kind of Asgard, Asgardian tune that really resonated with her because that's where you get mm-hmm. from there on this trusting moment, you know, moving mm-hmm. forward. And the switch, right, that you just talked about. Um, actually, I have a note that says... Sylvie fell asleep and Loki entertained. And then another note, I bet Amity knows the language that it was. <laughs> Look, she reads Beowulf and Chaucer in the original without a gloss or, or the translation, like just for fun. So, wow. So, yeah. So, like, she probably knows what language that was. Um, but, uh-huh. but, yeah. It was Asgardian, right? Yeah, it was Asgardian. Well, I mean, I mean, Asgardian, <laughs> but who knows? I mean, they probably just i know i'm being facetious they're norris (laughs) norris gods um okay so quick side note and i'm gonna get back to your point we were in a shop 
I'm not going to say where. No, I'll say where. Uh, I think it's okay to say where. We were in Galveston, and mm-hmm. we were in a shop, and it was a witchcraft shop. And I'm I'm looking at some of the stuff, and I'm like, this isn't witchcraft. It's like that's that's mm-hmm. that's Thor. That's this. Like, like all these uh-huh. little things. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you, you know. And I'm saying this out loud, and everybody's like, shh, shh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, anyways, um, so yeah, but no, you're right. They did have a switch. He became the optimist, mm-hmm. um, and he did. Like Loki had a very like. Well, I mean, think about it. He saw his own death. You know, right. nothing matters. I saw my death. Uh, I know I can't go back to the timeline. You know, he mentioned that to, to Mobius. And Mobius is like, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. Dance while you still can. Yeah, right? And like, nothing matters. Like, he he truly, in some ways, has a reason to be kind of like down and nothing matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to mm-hmm. be able to 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 see how much she cared about what she was doing and have him moved to want to help and provide another way out an opportunity um when he knows it was his idea that we go to an apocalypse or i guess it was her idea you know but it was his idea to mm-hmm. find her in the apocalypse knowing that this yeah. is going to happen so no variant energy would happen i mean if we're following the show's logic if she if they were going to escape and that was going to be successful the TVA should have been alerted because it would automatically mm-hmm. started branching. Well, no, not necessarily because that's the whole point of the apocalypse, right? No, his his idea was, but we weren't on the ark, and so mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm saying. Like, if they were going to be successful at getting on the ark, oh, okay, then the uh-huh. apo- they were going to change that timeline of the apocalypse happening, and people were going to escape, mm-hmm. and so that's how Mobius and them like they could have shown up because they're you know they've changed it, mm-hmm. so. So uh, I feel like the most obvious thing to talk about now is the the really impressive set piece at the end. Um, I love that it was a oh, quote unquote one take. You know, I know there's some clever shots they use to probably do some cuts, but make it feel all seamless all the way to the destruction of the vessel. And it's just, man, that that feeling of chaos was just incredible. And, you know, I talked about this idea of watching two characters fight against the idea of something of of futility, Um, having them go through all that trouble, go through uh, the crowds and almost getting to the ship and just to watch the ship explode. And then the music cuts out. Man, what a sobering feeling, because it felt like everything was really quiet and Loki's just kind of standing there in dismay. And we watched Sylvie walk away like it was, again, it felt like we had seen this switch where like, oh, okay, we're going to see them learn through each other. Mm-hmm. But that walk away that Sylvie does, that is a completely defeated character. Oh, yeah. And it was just so sad. So here's my note at that moment. Yeah. All of these have four to five exclamation points. What? They ended there? Seriously? No. Uh-huh. Like, like I was completely expect. like, they had me sucked in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, my note right before, like, so I'm taking notes in my first watch and they're doing this whole escape thing and I'm typing, I know they escaped somehow, but they're doing a great job of making me feel like they won't. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they didn't. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, um, which was, I thought, I loved the ending. I thought it was a fantastic ending, you know, cause they, they pulled the rug out from underneath me and my expectations. And again, that meta viewing of like, okay, they're the main characters. They're going to escape. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it just didn't work. What just happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And and that's what, uh, you know, I was talking about it not working for me at that first viewing because it, until I got that idea of the, the examination of these two characters, it was that feeling of like, okay, I don't buy it. it you know, we talked about it a lot in Daredevil about how good writing is when you really believe the characters can fail, even though we know they're most likely going to, you know, prevail by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if this episode ended with them, quote unquote, failing, I knew this wasn't going to be where their story ends. So it was just like, OK, this is whatever. I guess I'll wait for next week. But uh, I did eventually come around to to appreciating it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there's something about that in sequence that reminded me of the end of Doctor Strange. Was it something in particular about a building? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that? Because that's been a conversation I've been having with a friend where that feels very suspicious to the power set of Loki. Do you have any thoughts I, on it? I didn't question it. Watching mm-hmm. it, I didn't question it. It was just kind of like maybe an impressed of like, oh, he's more powerful than I realized. Kind of uh-huh. thought, and I didn't think, okay, that's a problem. I, I never had that thought. Second time through knowing that that happened, then I started to be like, okay, so if you can do that, why did it take you? Why did you have to go the long way around to get to the arc? Um, <laughs> but that was only on the second viewing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. think that the first time through. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't, I didn't have a problem with it. I'll say this like, it's not story breaking, character breaking, or anything of that nature, um, specifically because the friend I was talking to, he brought up a good point in Thor 2. We've seen him use telekinesis before. He threw the furniture across the room. Oh, the thing that in the in the in season uh-huh. two, the fight when he used the telekinesis to get the Roomba to use as a shield in episode yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So it, it is the power set. The thing that it makes me question is: is this something that we, you know, we're just going to roll with, or will this be something revealed? Because that's really impressive that he, because it's not even like he's just like, oh, using telekinesis to push the building out of the way. It looks like it's just going right back in place, very similar to the way Doctor Strange does it with the Time Stone. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to go too far down that road of, I've seen theories of maybe Loki has a Time Stone when he grabbed the daggers. I don't know. Uh-huh. I just I, I want to make sure to at least be like I'm on to you. I don't have anything yeah. to say. But, but see, I'm I don't on think to you. he didn't. I don't think he reversed time there. I don't think that was a time reversal. It just felt clean to me. Yeah. That's 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 the thing that was stood yeah. out. I I think it was just showing off and showing us what Loki's capable of. Hey, I mean, they say you gain incredible strength when under dire situations with the adrenaline rush. So maybe this is just an Asgardian adrenaline rush. <laughs> Probably. Look, if you're in that situation, you're going to have adrenaline pumping. <laughs> I mean, if you oh, don't, man. you are probably sedated. <laughs> also, I, I want to start a band now called a Asgardian adrenaline rush. Fantastic bad name. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for this last topic, uh, which leaves us with our stray thoughts. So, Jude, do you have any stray thoughts for episode three? As always, uh, I really liked the opening song. I really I really yeah. did enjoy the opening song. Um, I haven't said this before, but I love the opening titles of the, the changing letters. It was a nice, clever moment of Loki remembering the daggers, especially off of the moment where from the previous episode where Mobius tried to give him the daggers. And C-15 was like, oh, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think it was a clever escape, you know, trying to use the temp pad. Um, I did think that that mechanic was a little silly. The dead battery. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like they made it work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought it was clever that, that she had a bunch of apocalypses saved, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as a place to go to. Um, Speed dial. Uh, well, it also, it, yeah, but it also lends itself to some of the, like, how does she know these things type questions. It was interesting. The subtitle said two years when the dialogue said years in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine while it was years in the making, that had to be like super quick for the TVA, right? Because they're outside of time mm-hmm. as the timeline, sacred timeline experiences it. So mm-hmm. year, so well, years I mean, for if her. I can interject, go ahead. In, interject one of my straight thoughts. This must be really, really, really outside our timeline because Sylvie specifically mentions she had to pull a memory a hundred years ago for the TVA agent. Yeah. So yeah, that's the other thing is like. Know. What memory were you pulling a hundred years ago where she liked margaritas? Uh-huh. Because that felt very modern. Yeah, it did. You know, so you have that. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, you know, tw- another planet, 2077 is not that far in the future, I guess, compared to where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But, you know, uh, recharging the temp pad. Even with all the power in the world, power still runs out. We're still relying on a charger. <laughs> uh, we haven't got away from that yet. Um, I did make me wonder because they had the whole like it takes a bigger power source than that. TVA had all those time stones or not time stones, the infinity stones. Did the TVA find a way to drain power from infinity stones? So that's why they had so many. And oh, that's wow. how they power the time, the the temp pads and stuff. Um, just a thought. Um, this episode reminded me of a Doctor Who episode. Um, and I think that's another uh-huh. reason why I loved it so much because Doctor Who, the 10th Doctor, of course. Um, for those listening, the 10th doctor is the doctor, uh, but that's controversial, but it shouldn't be cause he is the doctor. But, uh, that's one of the reasons why I liked it so much. Um, the end of the world was actually quite beautiful. Like there was a shot between, <laughs> between like their conversation about love and they went to like a shot of the train and you see asteroids falling, but it was actually quite beautiful scenery before you went back to see her asleep. <laughs> Um, I love the Thor reference. Another. Yeah. Um, and I love the, are you drunk? Cause from now on the rest of my life, no, I'm just full. Um, it's going to be my response. Let me tell you, I'm very, I'm very full. Um, I'm just kind of full at the moment. Uh, uh, we will see this again. I'm convinced we'll see this again. Loki is full and he missed when he threw his dagger, but I think we Mm -hmm. will see him throw a dagger again and hit his target with Mm -hmm. Sylvie involved. Right. Like that was too like plan to like, I'm going to, we made a point of him being full. We made a point of him aiming and, and you know what I mean? It, 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 like the the fight as quick as it went was slowed down for that moment. So we will see that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, felt like the whole train thing with the no ticket was kind of an Indiana Jones and the last crusade reference. Mm -hmm. Um, You've already mentioned pulling the memory a hundred years. Uh, is that memory from Earth? Like margaritas there? Uh, they're all variants. Ha <laughs> ha. Fantastic. <laughs> you called it. Yeah. And makes me wonder now, is the jet ski Mobius's memories breaking through? It almost has to be. Yeah. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it, it has to be. Like I'm imagining him out on some lake or at the beach riding jet skis and he, you know, became a variant. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I love the last two things. I love the song they played at the end and throughout the credits. And by the end, same thing. We will probably see Loki enchant someone. 
in the, one of the final two episodes. Okay. Yeah. Those are all my stray thoughts. I had a lot of stray thoughts this episode. Yeah, that was good. I liked it. All right. So your stray thoughts. For me, uh, the first one I wrote down, really love the ca- color palette of this episode. Yeah. It was, you know, going what you're saying about the end of the world being beautiful. The whole episode had this purple and bluish hue to it that just looked really, really good. Um, same thing. Love the opening and closing songs. Uh, other stray thought. The sound people make when they get vaporized is incredibly horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like this echo through time as they scream in mortal pain, which is It's funny. I'm watching that and I'm like thinking my head is like, I think I can do that. I can do that visual effect. Really? I thought you meant the no, sound. No, I was going to vi- challenge you like, to do it like right Like I'm now. watching that. I'm like, <laughs> well, I, I have a little bit of training in After Effects and I've, there's a YouTube video of me that exists doing the Nightcrawler teleportation. I think I can. I think I could do this, maybe. So what you're saying is, the next time we get together, we're gonna make this. We're gonna do a short clip of us. It's doing on. This. It's on. I can do it. <laughs> well, all right. Let's do. Do you it. have access to After Effects? Yes, uh, I actually do. Okay, I know everyone in July. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Final last thought. And and again, I want to preface by saying this isn't like a, a knock on the character because we we've, we've said you know Loki himself had a murder spree in Avengers. But if Sylvie understands that the TVA agents have a prior life, man, burning them alive is very extreme. I know, For right? knowing that they have personalities. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's one thing if the TVA are this oppressive fascist force, like, you know, the, we talked about it in Captain America, just like, here's your evil people. But if we're going to go down this road that they're actual... Uh, you know, prior to this life, man, that's why it goes back to what go back to TJ and what TJ said about, um, well, conversations I had with them about Falcon and the winter soldier of, in previous MCU movies, how this is a thug and we're just kind of okay with it. But now Mm -hmm. like the violence is getting a little bit more difficult to, to kind of wrestle with because of the people and they actually have a worthy cause, you know, um, and we're mm-hmm. reaching a point where we're kind of questioning some of the violence that mm-hmm. to put it in that context of like, oh, they're just variants and have no idea. And you just disintegrated yeah. them. Disintegration. Yeah. No, <laughs> set them on fire. Man. Yeah. Well, oh, I yep. was just thinking of the disintegration reset stick things. But you're just talking about the oh, you're talking yeah, about yeah, the yeah. burning alive. Yeah. That's yeah. it's. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> but we'll see. So, yeah. I think that wraps up our stray thoughts, which is going to bring us to our predictions. So, Jude, do you have any predictions for next week? My prediction, believe it or not, is I think we're going to see Loki is going to pull a paperweight out and get them out of there. But that's kind of what I was getting at about the the, t- the reversal of the of the building. If maybe there there's something more to that than him just having telekinesis. Maybe he did have some sort of paperweight. With you see, him. to me. It's not going to be that. It's going to be a. It's going to be the tesseract. Mm-hmm. And and he does seem to be attracted to it like a moth to the yeah, light. Yeah, so. like like if it's going to be one of those, it's going to be the tesseract. I don't think it's going to be a time stone. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. And that's why I say I don't think it was reversed. Um, mm-hmm. I will say like TJ uh, again. We worked together, so I saw him today, and we had a good conversation about this episode uh, and a number of other things. But he was saying like he expected Mobius to show up and get them out of mm-hmm. there. And that, I mean, that could still be a way out in episode four, like leave us on the cliffhanger and Mobius shows up. Uh, Cause Mobius has a reason to look right. I'm going to look at apocalypses. You know, how do you find this apocalypse? 
Um, well, if they made it to the Ark, then clearly they're about to branch off, and so you know it's this one. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that he, he mentioned something about that. So I'll be curious to see, is this how we see Mobius showing it? Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Very good predictions. I like those. All right. Predictions for you. So my prediction is, and it's very funny because I wrote this before we had this whole conversation about metagaming, but... You know, I think next episode is going to give us our definitive look at the timekeepers in whether or not they are, as you put it last week, Wizard of Oz, like we'll get a a peek behind the curtain and they're not who we say they are, or we get to see that they do exist and have some influence on this world. And the reason I brought up the metagaming is something that I mentioned earlier in this episode. You can't pull that sort of stunt, I think, in a finale. And if they're going to do it, three episodes to go, I think, is is where you have to start putting that down. Mm-hmm. So. That's my shot call. I think we're going to learn a lot about the timekeepers okay. next episode. And that makes sense. Um, I was talking with friend mm-hmm. Daniel, and he said, you know, that we might be onto something, that the timekeepers aren't there. Not that they don't exist, <laughs> but, like, they, they're they not present. They've, like, checked out or, you know, something to that effect. And, mm-hmm. like, the TVA is just... It's Trevor Slattery. Yeah, like, the, t- like the TVA has just <laughs> been kind of running on autopilot, um, you know, kind of kind of thing. Like... Uh, so we'll mm. we'll see. I'm curious as to what, and maybe I just misrepresented him there. He's gonna listen and and let me know because he live reacts to this, <laughs> which I love. Uh, so yeah. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, I think I I'm excited for next week. Um, me too. Me too. You know, I I feel like here's the other prediction. I'm gonna probably watch episode four and then be really feel really bad about having only two episodes left and thinking to myself, God, I wish there's gonna be more of this. Right. I totally feel that. I'm enjoying it. I don't want it to end yet. But speaking of ending, uh, that is going to do it for our episode. So if you have any thoughts or opinions on season one, episode three of Loki or the discussion we've had today, or if you'd like to share your predictions for next week, you can always reach us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to join our Discord, we have a lovely community of people who are as equally excited about the MCU as we are, and you can find a link to that in our show notes. When you're on Discord, make sure you go to the roll assign, click on the eyeball so you can have access to all the spoiler channels. Uh, Thank you to those who participated last week and this week in helping name our show on the poll on Discord and this last time on Twitter. Also, if you don't mind, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. It's tremendous help for us in the feedback. We do read those. We do take that into consideration. Uh, even on Discord, there's a whole podcast suggestion channel. Um, so let us know. Uh, and ultimately, you know, help grow this MCU community by sharing with a friend. Yeah, we'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for doing this, Jude. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. Ready? Yep. If you said yes, I, I said I yes. I said yes. You may. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I don't. Why I leaned into my mic? That's like I'm recording on Reaper with. Like that's not where I'm talking to you at. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I was on a Discord call one time and I couldn't hear because the person's uh, 
mom came into the call and I couldn't hear them. And so in my infinite wisdom, instead of just like listening closer in the headphones, I leaned my head to the microphone as if that was going to somehow <laughs> make it louder. And I never felt so stupid. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs>